This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Today we're going to start on Megillah's Esther. A lot of interesting things. We're going to take two weeks to go through everything. Um, we're going to learn Megillah's Esther different than you probably ever learned it in your lives. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, but one, I, remember I spoke to you about music and that, I think I spoke to this group, and that, and that Achishverus didn't have music? Yes. And why wouldn't he have music? Um, he had everything else because music can make you do tshuva. Well, I want to read it to you from inside. It's even much bigger than that. Let's get to Miguel Esther. Ulus. Eicha. Kehelas. Kehelas. That's before Shira Shirim. Esther. Okay, listen to this amazing, 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 amazing. I, I, I didn't know this, but um, I looked it up. I was looking at it, and it just blew me away totally. I wish I would have known this when I gave my music share. But listen to this. So, so the, 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 the idea of Achashverosh, he wasn't some stupid farmer, some stupid stable guy like we learned as kids. He was very, very uh, smart and... And um, he he worked with Haman to destroy Kleistro, right? Haman min minayin. Where do you know Haman from the Torah? So, because it says Hamina eights. It says in the Pasuk, leave it there. Okay, it says Hamina eights, right? We go back to Voracious by the tree. By the tree, by the tree. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Hashem said, How do you know that you're not dressed? From the tree that I told you not to eat from? Did you eat from that? So we learned from this, I just told it to a parent last night, that Hashem teaches us how to discipline. He didn't say, you ate from the tree, I'm going to punish you. No, because then you own it. If I yell at you for doing something, so I own it, you don't own it, you're not owning it. Right, Wallace seems angry at me. I'm not angry at me. I, I know, he thinks I did something. So what Hashem did was, he asked him a question, where are you? I heard you, so Adam said, I heard you, Hashem. But I'm scared, because I'm not dressed. So I wrapped myself in a fig leaf, whatever it was. How do you know you're not dressed? So, so first he asked him, where are you? He said, I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? Because I'm not dressed. How do you know you're not dressed? So then he said, Not my bad. It's her bad. Okay? So, Hashem never said to him, why did you eat from the tree? Hashem asked him a bunch of questions, and then he admitted that he ate from the tree, and of course he deflected, like most of us do, and blamed someone else. That's a lie. It's not something new. That it's my mother's fault, my father's fault, my teacher didn't look at me right, my friend hurt me. I'm not making fun of it, but I am a little bit. Um, Because you got to own your stuff. Bottom line. What happened, happened. You can't live in that stuff. Because if you live in that, it's a little bit of the difference between therapy and life coaching. 
therapy, we go back into your trauma. So a lot of people are like, why would I take someone back into their trauma and re-traumatize them? So life coaching started going forward and saying, like, what happened, happened. We can't live in that. We have to learn from that. We can't live in that. Let's go forward. Let's let's change your life. Because if you're going to look back to find bad stuff, you're going to find bad stuff. And you know what? You can live in that bad stuff, and you can be depressed and look at the world today. Who? This is very sad, what I'm about to say, but it's very sad. So there's a girl that I know that she's going out with a boy. And the, the question today is, when you do shiduchim, is she on medicine or is he on medicine? So she wanted to know if he's on medicine. So I called the Rosh Hashiva up and I said, I just want to ask you a question. Forget about if he's learning or davening, but is he, on, is he on medicine? So he said, yeah, he takes a little bit for anxiety. I'm like, he goes, but that's not medicine today. That's what Rashiva told me. Everybody's on anxiety medicine. Wow. That's, that's pretty, pretty heavy. Everybody's on anxiety medicine. Everyone's on, on antidepressants. So, so if you're going to live in your pain, then it's going to be very painful. So the life coaching model is more like, Okay, this happened. We can't change what happened, but we could change what's gonna happen. Because state of mind creates state of being. So my state of mind is good, which we're gonna see in unbelievable measures today. My state of mind is good, even if I'm in a bad place, right? Um, if my state of mind is good, I'm gonna feel good. If I'm hopeful, even if I'm in a bad place, that hopefulness, that positive thinking is going to make me feel positive. And there's a lot of somatic therapy today that's not the regular therapy, where somatic therapy is you're in a bad place and you have to find this. I listened to someone who gave a class in my house. You have to go into your inside and you have to find a happy place and a sunny place and a warm place and a light place. And you could, in your pain, if you go there, and that's where your head is, then it changes your actual being. And I'm going to bring you a proof today from Gilas Esther in this. So, 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 Haman Menatayra is Haman O'Ez because Haman had everything. He was, he had ten boys. He was going to be the next king. Um, he was the, he was richer than Achishverosh. I mean, this guy had everything except one little thing he didn't have. This old Jew didn't bow down to him. And he, all the good stuff that he had meant nothing to him because there was one thing that he didn't have. I'm sure everyone here knows someone like that. You're like, why are you upset? You have everything. Yeah, but she doesn't like me. It was this or that or this. And like, well, who cares? No, 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 it bothers me. So Haman had this thing, the one Jew. So forget the Jew. Anyway, Zeresh didn't understand him. Zeresh said to Haman, what are, you, what are you getting so upset about? He's going to die with all the other Jews. Like, why is it bothering you so much? Because even if he dies... Girls, even if Mordechai, so why Taka didn't bother him? Zeresh was right. He is going to die like all the other Jews are going to die. Why are you getting so upset, Haman? Why are you going crazy? And the answer is that even if he dies, he still never bowed down to me. He wins. He's dead and he wins. Because the bottom line is, he still didn't bow down to me. So that he's dead doesn't help me, Haman said. Because he's the only guy in the whole world that doesn't bow down to me. So this is the same thing that happened by the Eitzadas. Hashem said to, 
to Adam and Chava, I'm giving you everything. Gan Eden, everything you want. It said if you planted a, an apple tree, the same day you planted it, there were apples. It was amazing. The animals served them. It was the ultimate ecstasy. It was amazing. But these two things, actually one at that point, you can't eat from the eight sadas. And that was the thing they had to do because the thing I can't have is the thing I want to have. The thing I could have, I'm not interested in. I don't know if you've ever gone to a restaurant, but I have many times. Why do people look at other people's plates? Wait a what, what is she eating? What, what, what is she eating? Look at what you're eating. You looked at the menu. You ordered something, right? So I had this in a very expensive... My wife is a witness to this. We're sitting in an expensive... Uh, and they, the special... They have the menu. Then they have something special. I don't remember what it was. Bison. I don't know what it was. I don't remember. And the waiter brings it to me. And sitting next to me is two guys, right? And they're like, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? So what is he eating? What is he eating? What are you, what are you looking at my plate for? You have your own stuff, right? And the waiter said, oh, okay, could I get one? Both of them order one. You want to know what happened? They ate a little piece and they left it over. Because, because they didn't like it. They liked it because I was eating it. What is he eating? What is he eating? So this is, this is, this is nature. This is what happened over here. That, that like, oh, Hashem has a tree that I'm not allowed to eat from? That's what I want. She got a brand new car. Ma, can you get me a new car? You don't have a license. Oh, but get me the car and then I'll get a license. So this, this is what Homa, this went out with Homa. Homa was like, I gotta have this one guy bow down to me. And she, she said, he's so unimportant. He's some old grizzly Jewish rabbi. Cares about him. So that's where, that's where Haman Menatira comes from. Now girls, there were four, we have five senses. God gave us five senses. Taste, smell, hearing, seeing, and touching. Five senses a human being was given to be able to be in touch with all the things in the world. At the tree, at the tree, what did she do? What's going on? It's no good? Good? Fine. So at the tree, you can say hello to everyone who's watching. Um, maybe one day, one day, Rabbi, you know what? Maybe one day we'll do it like a shidduch thing. We'll take the camera and we'll <laughs> go around the room and then the guys who are watching can say like, can you set me up with her? Can you set me up with her? Maybe we'll do like inter- interviews during Shir. It's a thought. Listen, shit, we don't want a shit of crisis, right? So, um, so what happens? Let's see what, what happens. So, she, she touches the tree. She, she actually messed up all her senses except for one. Um, he says the following. So she listens to him. Okay. Batera uh, Isha. She looks at the tree. She takes from the tree and she tastes. And she touches it when she takes it. The only thing it doesn't say here is she didn't smell what was growing on the tree. You know how jealousy works? It's so strong. It's so crazy that people are jealous. I don't, I'm not jealous of people. I don't want to be anyone else. I'm trying to figure out why I want to be me, but, uh, but, but I definitely don't want to be anyone else. I don't want to be a copy. I want to be original. You buy a painting, it's $100,000 for the original. The copy is two bucks. 
Why does everyone want to be a copy? I want to be like her. I want to be like him. Mm. I want to be like yourself. So she did all this stuff. The only thing she didn't do was smell the tree. She didn't smell the fruit. But it's very interesting. Before she tasted the before she tasted the fruit, she said, she, she, she looked, she looked at the fruit and said, Wow, this must be really good to taste. How do you know what it tastes like? Maybe it tastes like rotten eggs. Why is she saying this fruit looks good to taste? Maybe it looks good, but it, ugh, there's some fruit that look good, they taste miserable. Some of the shechianum that we buy, because we need to make shechianum Rosh Hashanah, ugh. And you know, you're not going to make a shechianum on something you don't like. You, and, and I give it to my kids, and on two bishvat, they're like, that is the most disgusting thing I ever tasted. Right? Look good, but no. So, she already tasted it with her eyes, because she didn't have it. You can taste something with your eyes when somebody else has it. But the one thing she did not ruin was her smell. And that is why on Matzah Shabbos, we have, when Shabbos goes away and you lose your Neshama Yaseira, your extra soul, and there's a void, there's a void, then how do we fill that void? So we have to fill it with something that didn't become Tomei Erev Shabbos. They ate from the Eitz Sadas right before Shabbos. And the only thing that didn't become Tameh is smell. Because she didn't smell the tree. And therefore, to replace the Neshama Yisera that left, right, we smell the Besamim. So Haman, who's a Satan, who's a Molek, who was at the Eitz Hadas, Haman Men right, Haman Eitz, he, the, the, the two people that could destroy him, and some of the girls have been to my house and spoken to me, and they know that I'm very into names. And when I look at a girl's name or a person's name, I see a lot about them. It's not, it's not something that's Kabbalistic or like rabbis of Mekobol. The name of a person is his power, is, their, is your, what you are. So Rivka's, I don't know how many Rivka's are in this room, but Rivka's usually have an internal struggle between good and bad. Because we're in Rivka, it says, it's right to abundant bikirba. There was this fight inside her which she didn't understand. But she went past a church, well, not a church, she went past an Apple store, you know, where they were selling smartphones. So the baby wanted to get out to the Apple store. And she went past the yeshiva in Lakewood, and the baby wanted to go to the yeshiva in Lakewood. So she said, what's going on with me? I got like two things going on. So Rivka's usually have a little bit of an internal struggle. Baruch Hashem, Rivka turned out all right. So most of them turned out okay. But this, this smell. So there were two people that took Haman down. What were their names? What were their names? Come on, girls. Mordechai and Esther. What did it say in the Megillah? What was Esther's other name? What's Hadas? So when you take Hadas and you, and you crumple it, it's Besamim. So she, Hadassah, Esther the Hadassah, she had the power to take him down because the, the, the Sultan wasn't able to take down the smell. So she was a Hadassah, that was her Koyach. What about Mordechai? So there was a spice in the base Hamigdash called Mar Udrar. And, and the uncle says on the word Mordechai, on the word Mar Udrar, 
that in, in Aramaic it's called Mardechai. So this spice that was used in the base of Migdash was also from smell, Mardechai. So the two people who could take Haman down, because Haman didn't take them down with smell, their, their shirish, their names, were two things that were spices that were smell. Very cool. Very cool. I don't know if you think it's cool. I think it's very cool. Now, listen to this Ma'amoyas, which I didn't know myself. See, when you prepare for a shir, it really helps the person learn. So, Haman and Achashverosh said, listen carefully, last time, they got away, how did they, how did they get away? Because we didn't affect their smell. So this time, we are going to make the party not indoors. We're going to make it outdoors with a lot of flowers and a lot of smell. And they're going to get Hana enjoyment from it. And therefore, now everything that they have is Tameh. And we're going to win. I'm going to read to you inside. V'du'u, you should know. That the Jews should enjoy four of the five senses of theirs. Chush hareach, smell. Chush hatam, taste. Chush harois, seeing. Chush hamishush, feeling. Chush hatam, how did they, how did they taste? Achilo shtia, he gave them to eat and drink. Chush harois, um, how did he mess up there what they saw? They saw things they weren't supposed to think. We know that why did Achishverosh ask um, his wife to come down, to dance on a table, not dressed. So there was some bad stuff going on at this party. This was not a good Jewish yeshiva party. She didn't come down, Vashti, but you can imagine she wasn't the only one that he asked to come down. So they were seeing things they should not have seen. Chush hareach. Now, how is he going to get them to mess up their smell? Shehayshivim begina. He put them in a garden. Shehayisham komine asavim. There were all types of spices and flowers. Nice nimreach toiv that were giving a good smell. So the one thing the Jews didn't have anah from, he now fooled them into having anah. Chush hamishush. What about touching? So it says they had mita zav v'kasev. They were on beds. Made out of gold and silver. And they touched it. It was beautiful. It was amazing. They had pillows. They had purple wool. They had, it was a crazy party. Okay. Now listen to this. And you definitely didn't learn this because I never learned this. Lama, lo You got four out of the five senses. Why didn't Achish Veirosh affect their Listening, they're hearing. Why didn't he have all types of instruments that were playing music? Is it possible he didn't have a lot of musicians? This guy had a lot of musicians. For this huge party that he was throwing, we asked this question, right? You should know. It's fascinating. This is written... Hold on. This is written. What is it? Kuf. Kuf Ayan Zion. Kuf Ayan Zion. Kuf Ayan Zion. Kuf Ayan Zion. 
Kuf Ayin Zayin is from the Menoyf Levi, the Maharam, and the Alshech. So they wrote this, okay? Shigadol. Oh, he says like this. You should know. When it comes to music, not everybody likes the same music. One girl likes rock and roll. One girl likes Jewish music. One girl likes classical. Nobody likes rap. Right? Okay. So everyone's music, he says, is different. So what am I going to play? Interesting. What are we going to play? We're going to stop playing Shweki. Maybe someone doesn't like Shweki. They like Miami Boys Choir. I don't know. Right? So, the guy who loves this music, his friend doesn't like that. You can't close your ears. So, if they're going to play music I don't like, right? I'm going to hear it. I'm going to be upset. So, was like, mm, we're, not going to, we're not going to go into music. He wanted everyone to be happy. Therefore, he didn't bring instruments. So that's an interesting answer. But that's not the answer that I told you. This is the answer that I told you. The power of music. To make a person happy. When you listen to music that you like, Right? You start dancing, you start moving your head, like, whoa, right? You start feeling good about it, unless you're listening to tragic music. I hope you're not, right? I told you the story in my school, whatever, and I, I took her, uh, her ear thing and I put it in my ear, and they were like, kill your mother, kill your brother, go kill another. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's going to make me happy. And some of the other words that were in the lyrics, it was like, that's not going to make me happy, that's for sure, right? So, so normal music... Makes you happy. When you hear a nigin, when you hear a song, it makes your 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 heart much happier. Now listen to this. This is a I never heard this. This is mind boggling. He says the following: Why does certain music make you happier than others? Like like there's certain singers I like, and there's certain nigunim I like, and there's certain nigunim I don't like. Why is that? So he says something here that's mind-boggling. He says, Simon, that you like that song, that you used to listen to this song, used to hear the song a lot, when you were in heaven, before your soul came down to this world. And you heard the angels singing, and they were singing this holy song. And the Alfam in the Chaisar Kaidesh. As it says in the Pasik, Now you're thinking and you're laughing because you're like, one second, I like this rock and roll guy. I don't think the angels were singing that stuff up in Shemayim. <laughs> so according to this, there's something wrong. <laughs> I'm going to give you an answer, and you might not like it, and whoever's watching, you may not like it, but it's a great kasha. Over here it's saying that if you like a certain Jewish song, you probably, before you were born, you were hanging out in Shemayim, and you heard the angels singing that song. So that's like, that song I love. So the question is, what about all the Gaisha songs you love? Could be you were hanging at the gates of Gehenna. And you were listening to what they were playing in Gehenna. 
And maybe that's why you like that stuff. You weren't listening to the Malachim. You were listening, it says that the gate, the door to Gehenna and the door to Ganeidin are right opposite each other. You know that? Gehenna is here. And on the right side is Ganeidin and it's door to door. You know why? So it's brought down in the Zaya that the, the people in Nebuchadnezzar Gehenna that are suffering can see what they gave up from the tzaddikim in Ganeidin. So why do the people in Ganeidin have to watch people suffer in Gehenna? That's terrible. I, I don't want to, I don't, if I'm doing well, I don't want to see you not doing well. And the answer is, the pain that they feel by looking at those people, Hashem says, because you in Ganeidin didn't save those in Gehenna. When you were in the world, you weren't makar of them, you didn't help them. So your Ganeidin is going to be a little bit not so great because I want you to see the people you did not save. And it says that when you go to the next world after 120, you have to walk over a bridge that goes over Gehenna to get to Ganeidin because you need to see all the people that you did not save. But I told a girl last night, she said, Rabbi, I am going through hell. That's what she said. I said, guess what happens when you go through hell? When you finish going through hell, you're right at the door of heaven. So as long as you're going through it, I said, as long as you don't say, I'm in hell, I'm in Gehenna. You're saying, Rabbi, I'm going through hell, you don't understand. I'm like, I hear you, and a lot of people are going through hell. But the bottom line is that once you get through hell, you're in Ghana then. So that, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I, uh, according to this, there's something a little bit wrong over here. If you like non-Jewish music, must be, I guess, you weren't listening to the angels singing Shira and Shemayim. Because the stuff that I heard on the radio from that girl, they're not singing that in Shemayim. I don't think Hashem would like that music. So, anyway, what does this have to do with the Megillah? So he's writing here. Listen to this. Yesha Anashim. They go deep into their music. This is music therapy, by the way. They go deep into their music. And they lose their earthy... How do you say chush in English? The chush. Um, feelings. They're like, they're out of here. Their music is taking... Look how powerful music is, right? They don't even know where they are. You hear what music could do? You're in a bad place. You're depressed. You can listen to music, according to this, and you don't even know where you are. You don't need to do drugs to get out of this world. Or medicine. Music therapy. The basis of it. They're, they're sleeping and dreaming. And their bodies are like the neshama left them. Uh, it's like a kid, and I'm, uh, it's true, you see that. I'm going to say, their mothers, when they're crying, they sing them a, a, a lullaby. And the kid all of a sudden not crying anymore. My wife used to have a certain song that she used to sing always with the kids. In Tinnikach, if this could do this for a baby, an older person, surely it could help. And here comes the, the point that I made the other week. We keep on she writes to Achashverosh because the reason is Achashverosh wanted the Jews to sin. She yechlu v'yishtu. They should eat. They should get drunk. V'yaviru al-Torah and do all the averis of the Torah. Lo havi lehem menagnim. He didn't let anyone play music. 
because he was scared that if he plays music, the Jews are going to go into a trance from the music, and from that music, they're going to end up doing tshuva and leaving his party. So he gave them food, and he gave them drink, and he had dancers, and he had gold, and he had all this other stuff. But music, absolutely not, because music has the power in the worst of times to connect you to Hashem. The right music. And the wrong music can connect you to the other side. I think, I think that he, he, he was very careful that everything he did for them would feel Jewish. In other words, the food was cooked by Jewish cooks. The wine they made sure was not Yayanesach, was opened and delivered by Jews. He knew that we're not going to eat oysters, and we're not going to eat lobsters, and we're not going to eat pig, and we're not going to drink unkosher wine. So the trap of assimilation, the, the, the Pusik says, Yaakov Davut Hashem, Hatzileni me'achi Esav. Save me from my brother Esav. Why are you saying that? We all know in the Torah that your brother was Esav. Hatzileni me'esav. So Rashi and the Mepharshim say, he was more scared of the Achi than the Esav. Save me from assimilating. Save me from feeling comfortable with the, with them, because then I'm going to assimilate. The ace of guy, the Nazis, we knew they hated us. The Spanish Inquisition, we knew they hated us. So we didn't we didn't become friends with them. But Achi, my brother, when they treat me like a sister and a brother, then I'm in trouble. So so Yaakov when he got into Hashem said, Me'achi. Hey, so I'm more worried about when he's, my, he's lovey-dovey to me and he's acting like my brother. That's what I'm really, really worried about. So he was very into that if he did play music, it would be Jewish music. He didn't want us to feel uncomfortable. He wanted us to feel like we were in shul by a kiddush or by a wedding. There would be no difference. That's the trap. That's the trap. And Mordechai, Mordechai was the only one who stood outside and said, he doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. He's taking us down. This is a plan. And the Jews are like, what are you talking about? This is a party. This is a party. Look how nice he is. Got kosher lamb chops, kosher sushi, challah, kokosh cake. I mean, it's like a Jewish party. And Mordechai said, yeah, it's exactly what you have to worry about. So he was so smart that he kept the musicians out. It's, I'm reading to you from inside. Whoever's listening, you want to see it? It's in the Ma'am Loyez, page Chav Zion. It's in the Ma'am Loyez, page Chav Zion. It's amazing. So this, this I never saw this before. I saw the Medrash before, but I never saw that before you come to this world, that in the other world, you're listening to music. I do know that there's a Zoya that says that when, when he was thrown out of Ganeiden, Hashem said, you could take something with you, and he took music. So I do know that in the Gan, Gan is not, Gan is the garden of Aden. Aden is the main thing. He didn't live in Aden, he lived in Gan Aden. But, but that shows you that in Aden, that there was music. It's very, very powerful. I'm a drummer, and the drummer, I'm a musician, I'm a drummer. And the drummer is the beat. It's the beat. 
and it can mamish make you hop and jump and 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 get high in in a, in a in a musical way. It's the beat of what's going on. And if you're playing a rock and roll beat, everyone's jumping up and down. If you're playing if you're playing a horror, then it's a different dance. The music controls the type of dance. Definitely, the beat is is a is a beat like that. Then you jump it up and down. If it's a very slow song and a sad song, you're not jumping at all. It mamish can control your emotions. It's very clear here that that's what happened. Okay, so that's that's the musical point. But anyway, it's just interesting that there's music in Shemayim. I th- I find that very 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 fascinating. Okay, let's go. Just we don't have that much time. Let's go to some points in the. We'll start in next week. We'll go into the real the real part. I think this is very, very important. Again, I had a bunch of people in my house last night, and I really spoke about this very, 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 very much. So, it says, When when Adar comes in, you should be happier. It does not say how. In of, it says, of you should, when you go into of, you should be less happy. How? No weddings, no music, no wine, no meat, no dancing, even though now they came out with that music, whatever it's called, that there's no real music a cappella, which I don't, I'm totally against. I'm saying this openly. Why are you against a cappella? First of all, it sounds like there's instruments, number one, but forget about that. Any, in the nine days, right, of of, in the nine days, the, the, the Medrash Eicha says that for, for the month of, of until Tisha B'Av, Hashem doesn't sit on his throne. He sits Shiva. He goes off his throne and sits on the floor. Whatever that means. I don't know what that means, but whatever that means. Could you imagine someone sitting Shiva and you have this big boombox on your shoulder? Playing a cappella, you come to be Menachem over. Hamaka Menachem! Right? People be like, what? Are you, what, what? I just lost my mother and my father, and, and, and you're coming in here with music? No, it's not real music, it's a bunch of guys making noise with their mouth in it. So I'm like, for nine days, Hashem's in Avelis, you should also be in Avelis. Show him that not always trying to find a way around it. Not always try to find the way around it. So I'm going to answer what it really means. So what does Mishinichnas mean? Girls, if it means that when, when Adar comes in, so when, so, so how long should you be happy? Until? The 15th. No. Because you're going into the months is 1 to 15. You're going out of the months 15 to 30. So that means I should only be happy for half a month. But that's not true. So what should it say? Chodesh Adar. In the month of Adar, you should be happy. What's this Mishinichnas? When you go into Adar, what does that mean? So the Rosh Chodesh Adar, when I go into, and how do you go into Adar? How do you go into it? Birish Chodesh Adar, Mabim Besimcha. Birish Chodesh of, Mematim Besimcha. What do you mean? So you go into of, like, till how long? Till when? So the Territ is very, very beautiful and very, very important in everybody's life. Very, very important. So it doesn't tell us how to be happy. So if you would come to me and say, Rabbi, it says I should be happier in Adar, what should I do? I would say, 
listen to some good Jewish music. Um, I don't know, every night have a good dessert. I don't know. Do kibbutz of the aim, if that's what makes you happy. Probably most of you, that's not what's going to make you happy, but whatever. I don't know, do a mitzvah. I don't I wouldn't know what to answer you. I'd be like, whatever makes you happy, if it's healthy and according to halacha. But that's not what it's saying over here. It's saying the following. What's the thing that would make you the most unhappy? What mindset? What state of mind? What state of mind would make Rabbi Wallerstein the most unhappy? The state of mind that God doesn't care about me at all. If I thought, even though I know Hashem created the world, that He's not interested in me, and many of us feel that way because of our life situations, He's just not there for me, and you just you don't care about me, that would make me miserable. If I'm an atheist, and I believe in the theory of randomness, that stuff just happens, people die for no reason, this girl, this girl is richer than me, this one has this and I don't have it, but there's no reason, there's no, there's no, there's no Hashem, it's just, I'm just unlucky, I would be miserable, and that's why all the atheists I work with, or agnostic people, they are miserable. Nobody ever walked in and said, yo, what's up, Rabbi? I don't believe in Hashem, what's going on? They're like, huh? How do you know there's Hashem? Prove it. Miserable people. They don't smile. They're like, Ugh. They bark. Ruff. They bark at you. They come into my office and they bark at me. What do you know? Who told you? I don't believe in any of this. <laughs> they don't. But people believe in Hashem and they're in a good place. You speak to, you speak to Jackie Tone, see if she'll bark at you. <laughs> right? Or any of the rabbis here or any teachers over here. Don't bark at you. They're not miserable people. Why aren't they miserable people? You think they don't have problems? And the answer is that if I have a problem, I know there's Ashkacha Pratis, and there's a reason that I have this problem. I can live with that. If Hashem has a Cheshbin, and there's a reason, I can live with that. The worst thing that could be is if I believe there's no reason, and not only that, He hates me, and He's not taking care of me, and He's not interested in me. Deep depression. Disconnection from God, not having that peace in you, is very, very, very depressing. So, what makes you the happiest? Knowing that he does love me, and he does care about me, even though I don't understand why I'm going through this. If you love someone, why am I going through this? But then again, we don't know Tikkun, we don't know Gilgal, we don't know what we did last time, we don't know nothing. So I trust you, Hashem. I trust you. Just like I trust the pilot in the plane. I don't know this guy. I don't know if he knows what he's doing. I don't know what he got on on physics, on his test, and when he took airplane stuff. I don't know anything about him. But, why do I trust him, everyone? Why do you trust the pilot? If you know nothing about him. No. Because he's in the same plane I am, so if we go down, he goes down too. And he don't want to go down. That's why we don't trust doctors. Many of us don't trust doctors. At the end of the day, the doctor made a mistake on the operation. The person died. He goes home, goes to sleep that night. He doesn't die. Pilot, I go, you go. And you don't want to go, so I'm not worried. I trust Hashem because part of me is Him. As it says in Bereshis, that there was a body, it was just 
your body, your physical body, and Hashem blew Ba'apav, part of His Neshama into us. So if I go, a part of Him goes. So He's the pilot. And therefore, He has to love me because I'm part of Him. I'm a brain cell. I am part of the brain. So the best feeling in the world is knowing that even though I'm going through, I'm talking about people going through a hard time, not when people want a good time, people want a good time for sure, but I'm going through a hard time, I'm like, Hashem, I know, I don't understand. There's a very big difference between understanding and knowing. I know and I trust you that whatever I'm going through, I have to go through. What should I do? But I trust you that I have to go through it. And that makes it much easier to live. I don't know how people with that religion live. I have no idea. So, in Adar, we went through really bad time. And we did not see Hashem at all. It's not Hanukkah, where the candle burnt for eight days instead of one. Really, really, if you look at the story, I don't know if we have any Persians in the room, right? But if you look, if you look at Persian history, right? Um, it's not really in Great Neck, the Persian history. It's in, it's in Iran. And if you look in, if you look into Persian history, there were many times where the Persian king killed his wife, married a beautiful girl, killed people, saved people. There were a lot of stuff in the Persian Empire, in any empire, the Roman Empire just as much. They killed Caesar, Itu Brute. I'm sorry, you read Shakespeare's Caesar. There's a lot of this stuff. So what happened over here? The king, big party, rich guy, but he wasn't blue blood. He wasn't from any royalty. He was married to Vashti, who was blue blood. Now, she kept reminding him, you're nothing, you're nobody, you're only a king because you married me. And he didn't like that. And he figured, if I can get rid of her, then then I'm the next blue blood. Because she was the only thing left of the Vuchanetza. So when and, and the guy that really wanted the kingdom was Haman. Because he had ten sons and he wanted he wanted Akashverosh out. So why did he give that that message to kill Vashi? What did Vashi do? She said, I'm not coming to the party, I'm not dancing on a table. I got I got a bad bad skin day, really bad skin day. Got a lot of got a lot of stuff going on. And the 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 what's it called was not open for uh for doing, you know, skin skin stuff. So so or she grew a tail. A tail of Vashti, whatever that is. I don't know what that means. But the bottom line is she wasn't coming down to that party. Okay. Okay, I'm not gonna buy you an anniversary present next year, or whatever. No, Haman Mamuchan said, Oh, she's gotta die. We gotta hang her. Ashur said, why? Because if you don't hang her, all the women are going to start not listening to their husbands. Oh, that's going to be a big Iranian problem over here, especially in their world. So now we're going to hang her up. Okay, so now he got rid of the royalty, which made space for Haman to become the king, because you can't become the king unless you're royalty. But if there is no royalty, so now Haman's like, okay, we got one more problem here. Achashverosh, got to get rid of him. So what happens? Mordechai is listening, and these two guys, Bixen and Viseresh, are planning to poison the king. Who was behind that? Why did Bixen and Viseresh want to kill the king? Haman was behind it. So the king was wondering, he got the assassin, the, the guys who wanted to assassinate him, but he didn't get the guy who was behind the whole thing. Now, you want to hear how smart Achashverosh was? He never knew who was behind it. He suspected Haman. Because Haman gave him the advice to get rid of Vashti. So he's like, why did he do that? Probably because once he got rid of her, he wants to get rid of me. 
So what did he do? He wasn't sure. So he tested Haman. And he said, what do you do to someone who does you a favor? Now the law in Persia and the law in Jordan, the law in all the Middle Eastern countries, that when a king dies, or while he's alive, you are never allowed to wear his crown, his clothing, or ride his horse. In fact, when the king of Jordan died, they took his horse and put it out to pasture. You're not allowed to, you're not punishable by death if someone wears his crown or rides his horse. That's the Middle Eastern, that's what they do. I think even the even Queen of England, you can't ride her horse after she dies. They just let it. So he wants to see if Haman wants to be the king. And Haman, idiot, falls right into it. What does he tell Achashverosh? What does he tell Achashverosh? Oh, the good guy? He should go on the king's horse. He should wear the king's clothing. He should put on the king's crown. Achashverosh is like, yeah, I knew it. I knew he was behind it. Now I know he was behind it. You, 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 you can't do that. He wants to be the king. Okay, but he's got a problem. One second, he's got a problem. Haman was more powerful than him. He had the money. He had the kids. He had the following. At this point, Ahasuerus did not have any kids. He didn't have children with Vashti. He had one child with Esther, but later. So he had no descendants. He was the perfect guy to knock out, to kill, and Haman would take over the whole empire. And now Haman fell for his trap. Because Haman thought that Achishverosh was talking about him. So he's like, yeah, the king's horse, the king's this, the king's that, the king's this. But he had a big problem. What, what's he going to do? How's he going to get rid of Haman? So now, Esther tells Achishverosh, you know who wants to kill me and my whole family and my whole nation? Haman Harasha. Achishverosh couldn't do anything. Why? He left. He went into the garden. Why? Because the bottom line is, who signed the paper? What do you do? Take him to court? Are you trying to kill my wife? You signed the paper with your ring. So Achishverosh is just as guilty as Haman. So he went out into the garden and he said to himself, I'm stuck. This guy wants to kill me. I can't do anything to him because even though my wife just told me that he wants to kill her nation, I signed the death warrant. So what happens? You're going to love this. So what happens? He's stuck. He comes back into the room. He can't do anything. And the Malach pushes him, Haman, onto Esther. Achshosh walks in and it looks like his wife is being abused, accosted, I don't want to use the word, by this guy. When Achshosh saw that, he said, I got him. Because, and he says in the Pasuk, he says, you are attacking my wife in my palace. You're dead. I don't got to take you to court. There's no court. It's automatic execution. And Daniel, Harvona, walks in and says, Hey, you want to kill him? Right in the garden over here, there's a gallow that he made for Mordechai. Achishu was like, you hang him now. Don't give him a chance to talk about it. And they hung him on the spot. Now, just to show you how God works. How did Haman, not Haman, Hamina Ace, how did the Satan, Haman, Amalek, fool Esther? By the way, um, fool Chava, by the way, it brings down the Sefer Gugulim that Esther was a Gilgal of Chava. And Mordechai was a Gilgal of Adam. How 
did the snake fool Esther? Anyone know? She said, if you touch the tree, you will die, which wasn't true. Because Hashem never said, if you touch the tree, say if you eat from the tree. But Mordechai was scared of his wife, because he knows that women like to go shopping. And he figured, if she touches it, she may want to take a bite out of it. But what he doesn't know was, he didn't have experience with women and shopping, because they don't really want to buy anything. They just want to touch everything and have the experience of shopping. So it's like, I'll take this, I'll take that. You go to the fitting room, you don't, you don't go home with anything. Because it's a shopping experience. It's not a buying experience. Because women, when they buy a lot, they feel guilty. It's like, I bought four dresses. I better return two. Guys are like, I bought, eight, I bought eight suits. I should have bought two more. Very different than girls. The girls are like, ah, I bought too much. It's an experience. And you're like, I tell my boys, like, don't get... Don't get nervous if she spends five hours and you're walking around with 16 hangers on your fingers and there's no blood going in your fingers anymore. And then she doesn't buy anything. Don't think it's a failure. It's an experience. It's what it is. It's an experience. So he really didn't have to tell her, but he added that it was a mistake. He said, you can't touch it. If you touch it, you're going to die. Hashem never said that. He said that. He told her that. And she wasn't created yet when Hashem told him about the tree. So she believed him. So the Nachash, who was very smart, said, I can't get it to eat from the tree by accident, because there's no such thing as eating by accident. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to push her into the tree, and she's going to fall into the tree and touch the tree, and she's not going to die. And that's what he says to her. Look! It's not true! You touched the tree, he pushed her. You touched the tree, and you didn't die! You can eat from the tree too. She's like, really? I did not die? You're right. So girls, how did the Nachash take Chava? How did the Nachash kill Chava? Because otherwise Chava would have never died and other would have never died. How did he kill Chava? By doing what? Say, talk! Don't be embarrassed. You know who I am? By pushing her into the tree. How did, how did, Haman, how did Haman die? By the, by the Malach pushing him into her. You killed us! By pushing, you're going to die the same way. So the Malach pushed her, and once the, once the, once Achish walked in, he's like, oh, Lichwesh, as, as you're, you're trying to, I don't want to use the word, accost my, abuse my wife, you're dead. You don't get away with nothing in this world. Nothing. Mr. Satan, you push, now you're going to get pushed. Negative. Torah is, I don't know people who learn to, who, that I'm missing that. How can you say there's no God? Look how everything just ties into each other. How could you say there's no God? He died the same way. What did he die on? Where did they hang him on? What is it called? I want to read you the words. Crazy stuff. Listen to this. When they hung him, says it many times. Many times it talks about the eights. Says the following. He came from the garden. And Haman fell on, fell on the bed. Let's see what, what the article uses, how they translate it. I'm sure. Assault. You assaulted my wife? In my house? 
The words came out of the king's mouth and Haman knew he was Dunsky because he doesn't have to go to court for this. Who was Daniel? Chavona said, Gam! Listen carefully what I'm about to say. Gam! Hine! The tree, right? What should it say? Gam, Hine, Eitz. The tree that Haman made. No! Hamelech, when it says in the Megillah's Esther, Hamelech, without the word Achashveros, it means Hashem. So Charvona, who is Daniel, who is a Navi, said, the tree, the Eitzadas, that he made to kill Mordechai, Adam. It's in the it's in the garden in Gan Eden, where the tree was. Hang him on it, Mama Shagilgul. Mama Shagilgul. Look at the words. He ate asher asa Haman lemordechai that Haman. The Satan made to kill the Jews, Mordechai, who the Jewish people are always talking good about you, Hashem, to Luhurolov. Hang him on his own tree. And they hung him. Now, it's interesting, if you go back to the tree, why did he, why did he, why did he want to do that? Shushan Pinkus talks about this. Why, why did he just, why did he say, why did they come up with this idea of hanging Mordechai, why don't you just kill him? Chop his head off. Chop his head off. What's with the tree business? And they had to get the tree. It says one might, it says that they had to find the 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 teva from Noah, and the main beam is twenty feet tall, and they, that's what they he wanted to use that to hang him, right? So so, but look at look look what he tells what he tells. Um, Zeresh. We we tell Zeresh about the tree. Hold on. So she asks him, and he she says, "Come to the party." Haman goes out happy when he sees Mordechai that he doesn't bow down to him. But Yimali Haman is Mordechai Chaim. He becomes very angry. He says, "V'cholze enenu shavali." It's all not worth it to me. V'chol eis asheni roi as Mordechai Yehudi. As long as I see him, I see him there. V'tamal leizeret ishta yasu eitz kavoya chamishim ama. Make a tree that's fifty, hundred feet, hundred feet high. And in the morning, we eat those Mordechai alav. V'yita v'doubles nehaman. So you need to know something else, and, and I'll end with this. I don't, I don't know. I'm supposed to be teaching the other class actually. But I'm going to end with this. She knew, Esther knew all about Haman. She knew that it was the Satan because she was, she was Chava, and she knew that the Klaistro did a big avera by going to this party. So Haman armed himself to go to the party. To make Hashem very angry, he actually took Hashem's name, which is Yud Hey Vav Hey, 
and he turned it around, which is the angriest name, when you go backwards. When you go backwards, Hashem's name is Yud Hey Vav Hey, so it's Hey Vav Hey Yud. Hey Vav Hey Yud. That's not a good name. That's the opposite of Hashem's name. So he says to his Chevra that I'm going to go to the next party with Hashem's name backwards. So if you take the word V'chol Zeh if you take the word Zeh Eneinu Shavali if you take the word Li what's the, now we're going backwards so we're going to take the last letter of the word Li what is it? Yud. It's a Yud. If we take the last letter of Shaveh worth it's a He if you take the last letter of Eneinu it's a Vav if you take the last letter of Zeh it's a He so he said, Shavali. The whole thing is not worth it to me. So he's going to go, he's going to come to the party and he's going to change Hashem's name. In, he's, don't forget, it's a Satan into Din. Backwards. His name, Hashem's name is backwards, right? So it's Yud, Hey, Vav Hey, but it's backwards. It's at the end of the word. Okay? Or actually, if you go forward, it's Hey, Vav Hey, Yud. Right. Ze is Hey. Enenu is Vav, Shoba is He, Li is Yud. So it's, it's He Vav, He Yud. So that's what he was going to do. The Satan was going to turn it all up to Hashem. What does she do? She's Chava. She was very brilliant, Esther. So she says, for about the party, hold on, hold on, hold on. She says, Im ala melech toiv. Where is this? Im ala melech toiv. Yavo ha melech. Vahaman hayom. Ala mishta. Hey. Vav. Hey. Yud. Ah, beautiful. But Toma Esther, Im ala melech toiv. Now, who's she talking to? Hamelech without the word Achashverosh, she's talking to Hashem. Imal Hamelech Tov, if it's okay with you, God. Yavo, Yud, Hamelech, Hey, Vihaman, Vav, Hayom, Hey. So she brought into the party Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, to break his Hey, Vav, Hey, Yud. So. There is so much hidden. There is so much hidden. There is, there is Haman, you know, we call it Purim. Why do you call it Purim? Anyone here know why you call it Purim? Because he made a lottery and it came out to Ador. Big deal. That's what, that's the holiday? That's the holiday? The lottery is the most important part here? And the answer is yes. Because the lottery came out to Ador and Ador, he was so happy. Moshe Rabbeinu died. Zion Ador. He was so happy. We got the best month, the month that Moshe Rabbeinu died. The fool didn't know that that was the day that Moshe Rabbeinu was born. He didn't know that. So, in the, in the first lottery, he made the biggest mistake. Because Hashem hid from him that Moshe was born, he knew that Moshe died. So, the, the more we're going to spend time on this, the more you're going to see that even though it doesn't say Hashem's name once in the whole Megillah, doesn't say Yudke Vavke, doesn't say Elohim, doesn't say Ado, doesn't say Kale, it says HaMelech, but doesn't say Hashem's name, Right? In Perek 
where it says when when the Yeshua started coming, which is when the when the when the king couldn't sleep, it's talking about Hashem couldn't sleep because of what was going on. It says the word Hamelach twenty six times, which is Yud Kevavke. So there's a lot of hidden stuff. So this is what Mishinichnas Adar. It doesn't mean the days of Adar. Mishinichnas Adar. When you will go into Adar, and you will see. That in every moment, in everything that happened in Megillah's Esther, Hashem was there, hidden, totally hidden, doesn't say his name. Marvin Basimcha, you become a much happier person when you know that even when, Hashem, that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're doing, that secretly, sometimes not openly, that God is there. So it doesn't mean when the month comes in, it means Mishinichnas. When you go into the month, and study what happened, and realize that in the worst time of the Jewish nation, where there was Xavier to kill women and children and everybody, not to make you not to make you a guy, to wipe us out, the worst time in the world. But if you go into it, you see that Hashem was there all the time. That is Marvin Basimcha. That will make you happy. Wow. It's not about the beginning of the month. Mishinichnas of. When you go into the month of Av and you see what we lost, that we lost the connection to Hashem, we lost the base on Migdash twice. We lost, we went into Golos, Mishinichnas Av. It's not the first to the ninth and the ninth to the fifteenth, the fifteenth to the thirty. No, it's the same thing as Adar. Mishinichnas Av, when you go into Av and you realize what we lost, Mematim Simcha. Not that there's no Simcha, Mematim Simcha. But we're going to help you. Which means, and I told this to a girl last night, and I'm going to end with this. It doesn't say that in the month of Av, and we really lost everything in the month of Av. The Holocaust started. The Beis Amigdash were destroyed, both of them. The Spanish Inquisition started. We, we couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael. We had to wander for 40 days, and in, 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 in everybody died in, 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 the, in the desert. It's really a bad month, right? Mishinichnas of. Mimatim basimcha. Why, why won't you say the same thing? Then why do I have to tell you to not to drink wine, not to listen to music, just look into the month and get depressed? And the answer is so amazing that it doesn't say you shouldn't have any simcha. Because a Jew, even though that's the worst month and we lost everything, always has to be basimcha. Always. So in, in Adar, more simcha. In Av, less simcha. But at no time, no simcha. Mema'atim simcha means less simcha. Oh, so now I got a problem. You're telling me I always have to be with simcha, but you're telling me that I have, I have to have simcha, but now I have to have less simcha. How do you do that? Okay, we'll tell you how. Don't drink wine, and, 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 and don't eat meat, and don't listen to music. A little less simcha. But you still have to always be v'simcha, even in of. A Jew, a person, has to always be v'simcha. But Rabbi, how can I be v'simcha? I have such a bad life. I have such a tough life. I went through so much trauma. How am I supposed to be v'simcha? And the answer is that we see from this that you can have more simcha, you can have less simcha. The person always says, how can I be in simcha? And the answer is that I know that the two footsteps in the sand is him. You know the story. There's four footsteps. There's two pairs of footsteps in the, in the sand. And then all of a sudden there's only one set of footsteps. And the person's like, you know, 
I, I, the set of footsteps is me and God left me. Now I'm in pain. I'm going through trauma. Look, there's only two footsteps in the sand. So he's gone. And the answer is, oh no. There's only two footsteps in the sand because Hashem picked you up and he's carrying you when you're in pain. That's why there's only two footsteps. It's his footsteps. It's a state of mind. And a state of mind creates your state of being. So this month is a month where we have to work and go inside ourselves and understand that even, and it's hard. When you're going through stuff, it's hard. But understand that he's still there. And there's a reason. If there's a reason that I need a cast, or an operation, I don't got a problem with it. It's going to make me better. But if you just put in my arm in a cast, you just cut me up for no reason? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Then you're going, to, you're going to be hurting for the rest of your life. So that knowledge, and you see it, and we're going to see a lot more next week, that knowledge of knowing that Hashem is always with me in the hardest of times, and right now we're in the hardest of times, people that we lost, and COVID and all this other stuff, it's very, very hard. But you know what? I got up in the first weeks of COVID, and I'm like, this is not a punishment. Everyone's like, oh, your shaitl's too long. The weddings are too big. You're talking about Shinhara. Skirt's too short. Everyone got up and gave another reason why Hashem is killing us. All our old people and our rabbis were so bad. He's wiping us out. Chas v'shalom. Hashem says that the process of Mashiach is exactly what we're going through. Exactly the rabbis are going to pass away, and a lot of people are going to pass away, and it's going to be a, a, everything that it says is exactly what's happening. So if I know that, I'm not happy. COVID is very hard, and a lot of, I lost friends, I lost amazing people. I'm not happy about it, but if you have a cheshbin, and they're not just dying, because the science says, idiots, the science every day, the science, you fools, don't you learn from Paro what happened? Moshe Rabbeinu came and said, Hashem wants Klai Yisrael out. And they said, yeah, what? He said, yeah, I'm going to make everything into blood. And they said, the science says, because they did magic, we can do the same. And guess what they did? They turned water into blood and said, see, science, magic. Yeah, we'll show you frogs. Really? the so- Frogs? We do that too. Until when it came to lice, they couldn't say anymore the science says. They said, the Mitzrim, it's not his hand, it's his finger. And from there on, continued, till finally, they threw us out. Until the world of science, Cuomo, and all these animals who killed people, get up and say, there is no science. This thing is doing whatever it wants. Until they say Etzvah it will not end. And I'm not shocked that after all the vaccinations came out, oh my God, there's a variant. It, 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 it went off into some kind of crazy variant. And now there's South African variant, and there's an England variant, and the, and the South African variant that vaccine's not working for. I'm like, you fools, you think science going to beat what Hashem? Just admit it's Hashem and it'll go away. It'll go away. But as long as you think the science... It's not going away. It's variant. It's now going after kids and pregnant women. And like, 
The Mitzrim didn't learn until everyone died. And all day long, you hear on the radio, the science says, Fauci, yeah, the science says, yeah, Fauci, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear two masks. Guessing, jumping, trying, open the school, close the school, open the store, close the school. Hello? This thing, you can't even say is man-made. It, you can't, it, it's not like we got attacked by Iran and they dropped bombs on us. This is something from nature, from, from something so small, you can't even see it. It's from Hashem's world of Nister. You can't even see it. It's so small that your mask doesn't really protect you. It crawls through the little holes. Yeah, yeah, they said that. It helps not giving it, but doesn't help not getting it. It's so small. So it's Hashem's world that you can't even see. Science says. Science says. So until they, until they say Hashem says, it's not going away. A very big tzaddik in Israel just said, someone just told me this morning, very big tzaddik said that till Mashiach comes, it's not going away. That's what he said today. Which might mean that when, when everyone says it's from Hashem, Mashiach will come. That might be what he's trying to say. So this is the month of Nisra. This is the month of knowing that God's behind everything. You pushed her? Thousands of years later, you're going to get pushed. We're going to have to you what you did. You brought Misa to her. Now we're going to bring Misa to you. Hamina eights. It all comes from the tree. And when a person carries that with them, then it's a very, very different life. Get into Adar, look into Adar. It'll make you a much happier person. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.